Hello friends, welcome to Herbal Wisdom. Thank you for tuning in again. This is Chris Vaughn, Certified Clinical Herbalist in Arizona. And I'm really excited because today I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine, Dr. Stephanie Nishek. And Stephanie is the owner of Aurora Naturopathic Center in Minot, North Dakota. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I love when I get to have time to sit with you. It's been a long oh, time. And in the sunshine, the Arizona sunshine. Yes, yes. So I met Stephanie several years ago in Arizona when she was practicing as a naturopathic medical doctor there. And then she has since moved to North Dakota. So Stephanie, tell us first a little bit about um, how your practice is in North Dakota and maybe how that differs from when you were practicing in Arizona because the licensure is very different. Sure, yeah, it, it has been really different and mostly positive, but I'm originally from North Dakota, so I knew that there was going to be some um, striking differences just with the, the population, you know, the kinds of people that we meet, the kinds of people that we um, tend to have bigger groups of, um, those more open to natural medicine, and that goes for both the professional and the um, just layperson realms. So um, when, when we decided to move back, it was more so for family reasons, and I knew I was going from a place that had about 700 licensed naturopathic doctors to a place that I was literally number five. Wow. In the state. And now there are seven of us. So if you consider, I mean, hey, from small numbers, that's a big improvement you had a boom. in two years. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you kind of go from being one of a really strong group to, uh, you know, being part of a significant minority mm -hmm. uh, within the, the medical community. So um, one thing that was good, I did find our location, Minot, to be very open and um, very receiving of what I had to offer amongst the, the population itself. Um, over the last couple of years, I've started to integrate into the conventional medical community as well, just, you know, making connections with some medical doctors and some chiropractors and the massage therapists and whatnot, and do find them to be, um, you know, mostly well-received. What we struggle with and what we continue to struggle with, even in our licensed states or, or higher populated ND states, is correcting the misinformation around, you know, what it is we do and what it is we're how we're trained and um, the basis of our education, whatnot. And I think that's probably true amongst many of the alternative or complementary um, healthcare systems or professions is delineating between. Um, the types of educations that we've received. Right, because you being trained in Arizona at mm -hmm. Southwest College, mm -hmm. um, you have a very large scope mm -hmm. of practice that you could do with that right. education. Right. And so how is your education similar to or different than, mm -hmm. say, a medical doctor? Sure. So, you know, with a four-year postgraduate um, education you know, it's full-time, it's fully accredited, whatnot, similar to that of a conventional medical school. The first two years are incredibly similar. You know, the basic sciences, all the, the strong foundation that you need to understand the human body um, so and how it's going to respond to both conventional and naturopathic types of treatments. Um, throughout the second year, or the second two years of our education is where things start to differ. So we still have clinical training, you know, a number of the uh, similarities, but that's when we really delve into the 
alternative types of treatments. So your acupunctures, your botanicals, uh, homeopathics, those kinds of things. So we still start with that strong science foundation. Um, and of course we learn pharmacology too, because in many states, naturopathic doctors provide primary care services. And anytime you're working in a primary care setting, it's only safe and responsible to know how to use pharmaceuticals along with other treatments. So um, we do get an education there and then again in those those second two years with the other uh, modalities that we use. Um, after the four-year education there's a difference in that medical doctors continue through a residency and naturopathic doctors aren't required to do so. And there's a number of reasons and that's kind of a whole conversation on its own but you know most of us, I, would, I should say many of us find opportunities to learn from doctors who have been in practice. Um, there are more and more actual residency opportunities uh, popping up now. So, you know, it's there's still um, some continuing or ongoing education for most of us coming out of an ND program. It's just not structured. It's not the same type of structured residency that you see in the um, conventional medical world. Right. Mm -hmm. So how much would you say um, herbs, botanical medicine, plays mm -hmm. a part in your practice and how are you seeing that that oh sure um, is effective or well it's definitely gotten to play a larger role since I've been in North Dakota and you know for better or for worse one of the things that I'm limited on now is my ability to use prescriptions and that includes hormones and that includes you know injectable vitamins and those types of things so you know you kind of have to then after four years of being in Arizona and having all these tools available you kind of have to, you know, reinvent yourself and revamp some things. But it's it's nice though to get back to, back to the basics and back mm -hmm. to the fundamentals, um, and really to sort of, for lack of a better word, be forced to stay there. You know, to stick with these things that we've had for thousands and thousands of years, and not be so tempted to jump on the next bandwagon. You know, that's uh, that's going around. And uh, so, from uh, that perspective, I would say. Along with using, a, you know, I, I talk to my patients a lot about nutrition. And, of course, there are botanicals that provide substantial nutrition. So, right. you know, it's a big part of that conversation. Um, I use acupuncture. And, of course, we can talk botanicals there, both within the Chinese herbs and just complementary um, formulations to go along with acupuncture treatments. So it's one of those things, depending on the person and their constitution and their open-mindedness um, and their past experience with botanicals, um, that would probably determine you know, where we plug that in. But it's a great conversation to have with people, no matter where where they're coming from, um, as far as experience with botanicals, um, because we really can open some eyes and just plant the seed. If it's brand new, we plant the seed. If it's something they're really used to, you know, we can either teach them something new or learn something new from them. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of joy in sort of, sort of perpetuating that cycle. Right. Now, as an herbalist in clinical practice, mm -hmm. I find that oftentimes a client comes to me after they have really exhausted all of the medical avenues, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're kind of at their wits end. Um, and they come to me with an average of eight to 10 medications mm -hmm. that they're on. Right. And then I recommend botanicals for them, maybe two or three formulas compared to their eight to 10 medications. Right. And it's overwhelming. And I, and it often is difficult to get them to comply. Mm -hmm. So how, what has your experience been in these people that are on, you know, modern medications sure. and then we're trying to take them back to some traditional roots? Right. I think, you know, when it comes up in conversation, 
a lot, it's actually surprising how often it happens that somebody comes in and either their top concern or one of their top concerns, you know, if you get more than one, three to five is pretty average. Uh, it's really common that at least one of those top concerns is a medication side effect, especially mm -hmm. if they're on polypharmacy, like you just explained. So to open their eyes to that, you know, many of the time, or a lot of the times that either they hadn't considered that before, or they even had the conversation with a provider, or in some cases, usually it's with a provider. Um, the a provider will um, sort of, you know, brush that off as though it's not important. So to shine a light on that, you know, just to make sure that they understand that, you know, yes, medication has its place, but, you know, you may be in this position partially because of this medication. So if we can back you up away from the edge of this cliff, you know, where the healthy side, you know, versus the sick side, uh, and try to work away from those medications, then as your general health improves, so will your response to both medications and non uh, you know, non-pharmaceutical treatments improve. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And how are you finding that our modern diet <laughs> is playing a factor in the conditions that your patients come in with? It is always a conversation that we have to have every time. And it's not from, it's not meant to be hypocritical or whatnot, but when somebody brings a health issue to the table, we're doing them a huge disservice if we don't bring up what they're eating. You know, I mean, we know that gut health is so incredibly important, but even beyond that conversation, the, the idea that, you know, we can, you can survive off of Mountain Dew and Cheetos, you know, you'll live for a while. It's true. Pop tarts, you know, but are you going to thrive? Right. You know, are you going to feel your best? Are you going to sleep well? Are you going to be happy? You know, and chances are good that, you know, at first, maybe, get caffeine and sugar, you know, go run around the building all day. But um, in time, you know, whether if you're not paying attention, it's easy to miss how poor you start to feel right. from these poor dietary choices that, that everyone makes. You know, I mean, none of us are completely immune, but really um, reinforcing the idea that you can build a house on a faulty foundation, but it won't last. Right. So you have to start with that strong foundation. Well, and I have to say, I quote you often. Oh. When I'm talking with my clients about their nutrition and especially about getting in their dark leafy greens, mm -hmm. and I tell them all the time about the time that you said, here is the gauge for deciding how big your salad should be, <laughs> right? That if the size of your salad does not utterly shock those around you, then it's not big enough. Right. You should be eating salad out of a mixing bowl, not a, not a quote-unquote salad bowl, right? Yes. Right. Yep, absolutely. And that's part of that healthy foundation. You know, that's the way that we were meant to eat. Even better, you know, if you can add in some of our botanical greens, too. You know, the dandelion right. greens and those types of things. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so we're in this modern world, too, where those bitters, yes. the bitter flavors yep. are not normal to the palate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we're so sugared up. Right, right. Right, and so slowly introducing people back to those right. bitter greens, mm -hmm. and that works on the digestion, and that's where everything has started. It's absolutely, right. absolutely, yeah. And there's a lot to be said for, you know, for all of the different complex flavors that we miss when we go towards processed foods that are just straight shot. You know, we go 10 grams of sugar versus something like, you know, a lot of our natural foods, our foods, our fruits in particular, are, they have the fructose sugar, of course, but they have so much more of a complex flavor. Um, and so much more of a nutritional complexity uh, that there's just no comparison. 
Awesome. So do you have any um, favorite herbs that you tend to use most often in your practice? Oh, gosh. That... Oh, that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> I, I guess it would depend on what it is we're working with. And I have, you know, I would say probably like a lot of naturopathic doctors that work um, in places where we are deficient, you, you kind of become a little bit of a jack of all trades. But primarily, you know, people come to see me most often for digestive issues and for hormone issues. Those are probably the top two. So in those, those are the places where I end up using, you know, I, I use um, a lot of friendly herbs for those different kinds of conditions and uh sorry oh, we have a airplane. helicopter yeah helicopter we'll just give that one a, a second here um so probably you know if we want to talk about the digestive part first i really love slippery elm i think so many people it just they're they the mucous membranes are just angry you know throughout the entire digestive tract they're so uncomfortable all the time be it heartburn be it you know the constipation you know whatever it is and those mucous membranes are so flared up so just to you know it's always important to get somebody to notice an improvement and using something like slippery elm right at the gate can just like you know help everything to you know sort of relax a little bit Uh, and then of course there's so many other great botanicals along that line but um, with hormones boy Oh, where do you even start? <laughs> That's a complex yes, one. Yes, yes, yeah. For I sure. mean, I can't even say that I have a favorite because there are so many just wonderful herbs, and it's nice to have such a great repertory to pull them out when right. when they're ready to jump right in. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sitting and talking to me. Sure. I really appreciate it. I hope that everyone has really enjoyed Stephanie's conversation with me. And um, if you're in need of some naturopathic care, then look her up online yeah, at auroranaturopathiccenter.com, correct? Uh, auroranaturopathic.com. Auroranaturopathic.com. Yep. And um, she has some great information on her website. And you also do phone consultations, I right? Do. Yep. That's great. Absolutely. So. And then I would also encourage you, if you're listening to this through the podbean.com website, please click the follow button and follow the Herbal Wisdom Podcast. And if you're listening to this elsewhere, I encourage you to go to herbalwisdom.podbean.com and become a follower so that you don't miss out on the other fun conversations that I have coming up. You don't want to miss out. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in again today. Until next time, stay herbalicious, my friends.